This is a special call to action to our listeners to financially support this podcast and spread awareness of the Native Plants Dialogue through exclusive Plant Native Nebraska merch at plant-native-nebraska.myspreadshop.com. Wear our designs in your best effort to convert your friends and neighbors, or just simply look cool. Thank you for your continued support in our quest to help Nebraska plant native. Hello, and welcome to the Plant Native Nebraska podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Barlman. If you are new to tuning in, this show is for native plant enthusiasts, aspiring gardeners, suburban homeowners, growers, and thinkers anxious to learn more about growing Native American plants and creating habitat for wildlife. If this sounds like you, you've come to the right place. Today's show is about what native plants even are. We'll break down what makes a plant native and why to plant them in your garden. Make sure you listen through to get a sneak preview of our next episode. Hello, thanks for tuning in to the Plant Native Nebraska podcast. Today's episode is about what native plants even are. So perhaps right now you are an experienced gardener, or perhaps you're completely new to gardening. You've heard about this podcast, you've heard about our group, the Bellevue Native Plant Society, or you've stumbled onto our podcast from your choice of podcast app because you were curious about native plants. So either way, you've been educated in the past or you've arrived at this podcast. You might be familiar with what native plants even are, what the terminology popular with this natural type of gardening means. So some of us have conscientious, thoughtful notions in other parts of our lives to buy local or shop local. We've heard that a lot in our culture. Likewise, we could also think of native plant gardening as an encouragement to plant local. A native plant is one that is thought to have naturally occurred in a habitat or region for as long as thousands of years. So you can imagine these native plants have developed symbiotic relationships with wildlife found in those areas. So here in Nebraska, you know, we have this wonderful natural prairie ecosystem. And, you know, a prairie ecosystem is one of the rarest ecosystems in the world. So we have these creatures who have developed these relationships with these prairie plants. Um, We have the tall grass prairie. We have the short grass prairie. And one of these kinds of symbiotic relationships we've heard about a lot recently is the relationship between monarchs and their host plant, milkweed. So basically, the monarch butterfly species survives because of the mere presence of these milkweed plants. Adult butterflies, they're not going to lay their eggs elsewhere. They will selectively choose these milkweed plants to lay their eggs. So the caterpillars will eat parts of the milkweed plant, and then they'll be able to transition into adulthood. This is just one single example of a host plant creature relationship, as there are thousands of these kinds of relationships all around the world. So when we get to the science of what makes a plant native, Um, for the last few decades, determining the native area of plants in in U.S. states has been 
documented on a bi-county basis. And this is like the decades long work of researchers, botanists, scientists, entomologists. And this work has happened alongside the commentary and information indigenous people and experts have provided about these plants being used historically. And this has provided a roadmap of how these native wildflowers and grasses were thought to exist in the past. Native societies, sellers of native plants, they often talk about range maps. So you might hear in our group, we're talking about viewing Bonap range maps, okay? And this might sound a little confusing, so we're gonna go into this. When we talk about what is native in terms of being locally native or regionally native or earmarking plants as native to the United States, we're trying to make distinctions in plant locality. So there's this great program um, that I just mentioned, the Biota of North America program. And if you go onto their website, which is bonap.net slash fieldmaps, basically you will see these direct comprehensive maps that are being used to determine native plant distribution in the U.S. And you can access all the plant species found in Nebraska organized by their Latin names at that website again, bonap.net slash fieldmaps, B-O-N-A-P.net slash fieldmaps. And then you select Nebraska and it's going to give you, you scroll down and it's going to give you this huge listing of all these plant species found in Nebraska. So, you know, one of the things that we do, um, my group, the Bellevue Native Plant Society, we try to relay this kind of information to you. So you don't have to do this kind of research yourself. There's other plant societies, there's other local groups in the Omaha metro area that are trying to disseminate this kind of information. Because a lot of it is very comprehensive. A lot of it is difficult to digest. So that's one of the things we try to do. Now, upon speaking to some native plant experts in the field, I was told it was considered ethical to plant wildflowers or grasses that have been deemed native within a 200 mile radius. You can find range maps on websites other than Bonap, such as Prairie Moon Nursery or Prairie Nursery. Those are online native plant suppliers. So there's, there's several ways you can kind of check the nativity of a plant you're thinking about adding to your garden. And I use these kinds of websites. I use the Bonap field maps regularly for reference. It's very, very helpful because, you know, when, when you're used to like talking about all these different kinds of beautiful wildflowers and grasses, it's really easy to forget, oh, that's actually not documented native here in Nebraska, but it is documented native in Iowa. So I'm gonna consider that regionally native. It's so easy to forget the exact nativity of specific species. And my memory is uh, very legendary for being not very good <laughs> at remembering lots of little details. So I constantly will go and double check just to be sure. So another thing we could talk about is the different kinds of terms we can hear when it comes to native plants. So you might hear the term straight native, nativar, native cultivar. 
these terms are making a distinction between wild type plants that have been naturally found in the wild and plants that have been cultivated by humans in preference of certain characteristics, such as plant size, color, or other aesthetic qualities. If, if you wanted to look at this in a super simple way, it's always better to plant straight natives. We employ the possibility that insects may very well reject altered versions of native plants or that these altered versions of native plants might also have altered benefit. So, you know, they might not have as much nectar, they might not have as much pollen, that sort of thing. And this is especially true when it comes to plants that have been cultivated to have more red foliage. I've read that reddish foliage reduces the edibility for some insects. So, you know, when we're talking about native plants and, you know, a very popular nursery that sells at big box stores comes out with, you know, a red version that has a very heightened amount of, of red tinted foliage. I'm kind of wary of entertaining that plant in the premise of like, oh, I want to use more native plants in my garden. Well, this is technically a variation of this native plant, so I'm good. I'm kind of wary when it comes to these altered versions of plants that have been altered by humans. It's not something that's like naturally evolved in the wild. It's something that we have purposely changed to fulfill some sort of human, you know, sense of aesthetic. But, you know, this is this is highlighting that there is some disagreement by people, whether you're a native plant purist, you're a conservationist, you're a suburban gardener. There's there's some disagreement on this kind of subject, this, you know, kind of micro subject in the greater cocoon of the native plants dialogue. So. It's a gray area, but regardless of your opinion on native cultivars, Pollinator habitat using native plants inarguably better than traditional sterile and exotic landscapes. You know, for a very, very long time, American gardening was kind of a handed down translation of what, you know, traditional European gardening was. And Traditional European gardening really relied on the import of these exotic plants from Asia and other parts of the world because, you know, humans have long been fascinated by what seems exotic. But what's really, really interesting is, you know, we have garden designers overseas in Europe that are now creating naturalistic landscapes and they're using Native American plants. And, you know, to, to the European landscape, Native American plants seem new and exciting and exotic and natural. And it's really, really interesting that we have these plants in our immediate vicinity. We have very easy access to affordable seed and affordable plants in the Omaha area. And a lot of people don't realize how incredibly beautiful and useful and inviting these plants are 
and so I think that's interesting, right? That, you know, there's people overseas that are importing these plants as like these exotic beauties. And we have them right here in our backyard, basically. We don't even know it's there. We don't even know how to appreciate it. So this is the, the native plants dialogue. One thing I would like to segue into, if you are entering into this kind of dialogue and discussion and this topic of native plants, and this is something that interests you and you want to find out, everything you could possibly find out, a good, a good place to start is by joining one of these native plant societies, whether it's the Bellevue Native Plant Society, the Nebraska Native Plant Society, that's run by people who are really trying to find out everything that there is to know about these plants, um, about conservation, about naturalistic ways of viewing the world, of gardening. That's a great place to start. And another great place to start is by maybe going to your local library, seeing if there are any books. What's, what's really great about the last five, 10 years, is there's kind of been an explosion of native plant publications that have been, that have been coming out. So, you know, we have a really great book called Iwi Gura, and that is by, uh, that is written by the author Enrique Salmon. And it's basically a short ethnobotany book that describes the traditional uses of some of these Native American plants. And it was inspired by another book that I have called uh, Native American Ethnobotany. And that is much more extensive. But what I really like about both of these two books is kind of this idea that this different, this different way of looking at plants, where we're looking at plants in the context of well, how is this plant useful? What has this plant been used for in the past medicinally uh, for food? Has this plant been used to make dyes, to dye clothing? So we're kind of like we're, we're going back and we're, we're trying to discover the true utility of something so that something can be used in a very rational, efficient way. So I like the idea of exploring these plants, not only for, you know, their functionality or their beauty in the garden or or not simply for, you know, the amount of butterflies or the amount of hummingbirds that they're going to invite into the landscape, but also looking at these plants from a perspective of utility, utility for our lives, like in a way we can use these plants to live better. And, and I think that's, that's a really great, small, you know, it's, it's kind of tangential to, to go down this little rabbit hole, like, oh, also, you know, these plants, not only useful to the environment, not only beautiful, not only easy to grow, you know, in times of drought, or, or when we're not artificially irrigating our property, but also, there's this added utility. You know, you can use some of these plants for medicine. You can use some of these plants for basket weaving. You can use some of these plants to dye your own tablecloths. I think that's really 
showing how there's a huge area of modern life that we're not really as a culture fully exploring we're not fully immersing ourselves in and I think to me it's very exciting I'm kind of this you know serial hobbyist and I can be very obsessive and I can be very impulsive and when I find all these little extra added things to the native plants dialogue, it gets really exciting. And it's, it's easy to go down that rabbit hole, but it's like a good rabbit hole to go down. It's, it's not like the internet, you know, where you're reading a weird article and, and all of a sudden you like, you go through this black hole of the internet. And then, and then you're like, what did I just spend the last 30 minutes doing? It's like all this knowledge that we're compiling about native plants, it's not a waste of time. It's not a waste of effort. Another good book, um, another good series of books to check out would be anything written by Rick Dark, Dr. Doug Tallamy. If you're not already familiar with Dr. Doug Tallamy, he came up with this idea of homegrown national parks. In essence, he was saying in one of his books that, you know, a lot of land is privately owned now. So, you know, we can't really rely on on the government or on, you know, nonprofit organizations or what have you to like, oh, you know, we need to rely on them to set, you know, these small parcels of land, you know, aside for the preservation of native species or, or wildlife species. It would be much more sensible and realistic for, you know, suburban homeowners, for, for urban homeowners, for rural landowners to kind of bind together and and plant an overwhelming amount of of native landscapes and in essence you know we can kind of suture those together to make this to make this homegrown national park so i love that idea it was kind of a revolutionary idea when it first came out and doug tallamy He's not only an author, he's not only a naturalist, he's also the professor and chair of, of wildlife ecology and entomology at the University of Delaware. A great source. Um, there's, there's lots of videos online of, of him giving a presentation, of him being interviewed. So you can find a lot of great resources, a lot of great information in those videos and those books that he's written. So our group, the Bellevue Native Plant Society, you can find us on bellevuenativeplants.org. You can also find us on Facebook. You go to facebook.com slash groups slash Bellevue Native Plant Society and put a request in to join the group. In our group, we encourage people to post photos of their gardens, to post any questions they have about how to get started, um, how to transform their landscape, specific problems they're encountering, any sort of questions, comments, concerns, ideas, you can post that to the group. And a lot of us, a lot of us are, you know, we have the same kinds of questions, we have the same kinds of ideas, and we're all just kind of figuring this out together. So you might be wondering where you can source native plants because you can't exactly go out to a prairie 
and dig something up. You can't exactly go out to a prairie and, you know, chop off the seed heads and get a bunch of seed. Um, the ethical way to source native plants is to go through one of the local plant suppliers or online plant suppliers. So locally, we've got Midwest Natives Nursery in Lincoln, um, Nathan Duffy, great resource, um, very knowledgeable, super healthy plants, very affordable. Great Plains Nursery, they sell a lot of uh, native trees and shrubs I can't really source elsewhere. Um, so they are a great place to look. Prairie Legacy Nursery, which is actually run by Kay Cottis, who is the president of the Nebraska Native Plant Society. And she actually has a great variety of seed as well as plants. And they're all local ecotype, locally harvested. So she's a great resource. If you're looking for seed mix that's actually full of Native American wildflowers, because um, a lot of times, you know, people will come to our seed shares, they'll come to our events and they'll say, oh, I've got this wildflower mix that I got from, you know, wherever they got it from. And I, you know, I'll ask them about it. I'll be like, well, actually, like, you know, go onto the, the packet where it, where it lists the flowers that are actually in the packet. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's like European wildflowers or, um, you know, there's, there's maybe like one or two American flowers in there. So if, if you're looking for like a wildflower mix, Prairie Legacy, awesome place to get it from. You know, you're kind of, when you support these local plant suppliers, you know, you're supporting conservation, you're supporting education in Nebraska, you're supporting the kind of outreach that they do yearly. So much preferable and, and really lucky for us that we can buy native plants locally. There's people all over the U.S. They don't have, they don't have local places to buy. They have to order stuff in. Um, so we're really lucky to have these great suppliers. Also, you can find some native plants from the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. Uh, coming up soon, they have an event in Lincoln called the Spring Affair, and you can buy plants that are as cheap as $4 each. Um, they've got some native trees and shrubs. What they carry every year changes uh, slightly, but for the most part, you can find a pretty decent selection of native plants. And if, if you need, like, for instance, if, if you go to the spring affair and you're shopping for native plants, definitely get the assistance of someone there to guide you, guide you in the right direction. Um, for the online plant suppliers I talked about, if, if you go and you try to look at the statewide arboretum selection when, at the spring affair when they come to Bellevue, and you're not quite finding something that you're looking for or you simply want to be able to pre-order things online or have them shipped directly to your home, you can go to Prairie Moon Nursery or you can go to Prairie Nursery and they have a decent selection. What I like about their websites is you can actually go to the filters in the sidebar and you can select It'll say something like native range and you can select Nebraska and it will only show you results 
from Nebraska. So you won't see things that aren't native to here. And that's really great. And, and what I also like about those sites is you can select additional filters. You can select sun plants native to Nebraska. You can select shade plants native to Nebraska. You can select white shade plants native to Nebraska. There's all these different filters. So it's really great if you're a suburban homeowner like myself. You maybe have some specific areas with specific needs in your yard or your garden. You can kind of fine tune your search for plants by using those filters. Um, another thing we could talk about is all these great places to visit around Nebraska for inspiration. There's numerous prairies and parks and the ones I'm going to talk about, this is not a complete listing. Here in the Omaha Metro, you can go see Bauermeister Prairie. That's in West Omaha. There's a kind of wildlife nature refuge in Omaha called Heron Haven. If you stop into the office, there's this really beautiful story of this woman, basically, who is kind of very cavalier. She was very determined. And because of her efforts, like there's there's this beautiful haven in the middle of Omaha. You can go to the Butterfly Bistro Garden located inside Cryer Park in Omaha. Um, this is near 114th and Center. There's there's three gardens and they're comprised of about a couple thousand plants. 95% um, of the garden is regionally native. This garden was designed by the NSA in partnership with the Skylark Cryer Neighborhood Association. Another great uh, garden to check out, the Omaha Bee Club Apiary. This is inside of the Bohemian Cemetery. There's two large teaching gardens with visible plant labels, about 75% regional native species. And, and these species have been sourced from Midwest Natives Nursery. And this garden supported by the Douglas and Sarpy County Master Gardeners. And then in Bellevue, where I'm located, an ongoing project that our society, the Bellevue Native Plant Society, has been working on is restoring the Trailhead Rain Garden. And that's located uh, near the Culver's around the area of 36th and Cornhusker in Bellevue. Another area that's being kind of transformed is Everett Park. Tyler Moore, who's now the president of Green Bellevue, and he's also a professor at Bellevue University, he's kind of championed planting these native gardens. In the park, where they're located is southwest of, of the bridge and, and north of, of the actual playground. A few more other places you could stop at in Bellevue. The Bellevue Cemetery has this beautiful entry hill. When you're coming down on the boulevard and you're getting to the entrance of the cemetery, there's this hillside where it's just been planted with various wildflowers and grasses, really gorgeous uh, in, in the middle of summer when it's all blooming. Inside Bellevue Cemetery, um, that's little known about, uh, especially to me, I only found about, found out about it last year or the year before. Bellevue has a green burial site. Um, so basically there's kind of some meadowscape and it's just, it's beautiful. And I, I loved visiting there when it was all kind of, you know, in the summer when it's all kind of going. I thought it was a really innovative idea and 
another good example of how the native plant landscape can be used in a in a plethora of ways. Also, uh, a new park that's been created in Bellevue is called Whispering Timbers Pollinator Park. It's located on Childs Road, Road East. It's about 1598 Childs Road East, but uh, where it really is is at the intersection of Childs Road East and Moore Drive. It's in a neighborhood in the Fontenelle, the Fontenelle Forest community. And this was planted by Milkweed Matters, um, a few volunteers from Green Bellevue, a few volunteers from Bellevue Native Plant Society. The person who's really championed this park, uh, Nancy Cruz, and it's going to be a really great community space where some teaching can occur. There's going to be some really great plant labels, signs. Now on to other places you can visit. Um, there's some great gardens in Lincoln. The UNL Pollinator Garden is in Lincoln near 48th and Holdridge Streets. Uh, the Backyard Farmer Garden, not too far away. For prairies, you can visit Griffith Prairie near Aurora, Nebraska. Um, the Bauermeister Prairie, which I already mentioned in West Omaha. You can also visit the Prairie Plains Institute sites. So Gerloff Prairie, Sherman Ranch, Lincoln Creek, Olson Nature Reserve, the Ratzlaff Prairie, Poor Corny Prairie. Another place I forgot to mention, the Bellevue University native plantings behind R. Joe Dennis Learning Center. Um, there's been these new greenhouses installed and some wonderful native plantings that were put in. Some nature associations locally, Neil Woods, Fontenelle Forest, great places to go on a hike. Uh, occasionally through the year they have guided hikes um, I know I was seeing some for Fontenelle Forest that identify local birds that identify some native tree plantings identifying spring ephemerals so that's really great if if you're kind of new to the native plants game go on some really affordable guided hikes or even just get access to maybe like a native plant guide. I've got one right here that was for sale in the Fontenelle Forest gift shop. It's called Field Guide to Wildflowers. Really great resource. Lots of beautiful full color pictures, plant descriptions, and you can basically take a field guide with you on your hike and start to really be able to identify some of these native, native flowers and, and grasses and sedges really great to have that kind of visceral hands-on sort of experience events you can take part in in the omaha metro area earth day omaha every year it's held at elmwood park um, there's lots of native plant people there um, green bellevue is there path is going to be there I believe Bellevue Native Plant Society will be taking part in some Mulhalls events. Uh, for instance, they've got a wild plant party that they've planned now for a couple years in a row. And they also have some Earth Day events. So BNPS will be at those events for sure. 
Um, there will be a pollinator party that we're hosting at the Bellevue Farmers Market at the end of the summer. And you can actually go onto our website, BellevueNativePlants.org, and go to the schedule or the events tab uh, for 2023 and see a listing of these kinds of events and see if you want to participate in any or any would be helpful to you. Um, if you're looking for additional resources at the moment, a good place to start is with the Xerxes Society. They have a lot of really great publications, a lot of really great articles. You can also go online to plantnativenebraska.org. Um, the NSA, the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum, they've got a nice amount of publications and articles they've come up with um, that highlight native Nebraska plants and landscapes. Um, if you haven't already heard of Heather Holm, um, Heather Holmes from Iowa, really great expert on insects. She's got some really great publications online. She's even got, I believe, like some downloadable posters, infographics, that sort of thing. I've learned a lot from reading the information that she's put out. Heather Holm, I, didn't, I don't think I mentioned her in the author's part of this talk so if you haven't um, if you're not already familiar with her books she's got a couple great books out there you can maybe find them from the library or simply visit her webpage online pollinatorsnativeplants.com uh, another great tool I used at the beginning of my foray into native plants uh, is the native plant finder you go to nwf.org backslash native plant finder backslash. So that's a great tool you can use. You can look up those books I was talking about by Doug Tallamy on goodreads.com. So one of them is called The Living Landscape. Another one is called The Nature of Oaks. Uh, another book he wrote was called Nature's Best Hope. And you can look up those other books we talked about in the very beginning, Iwigara by Enrique Salmon, Native American Ethnobotany. Um, there's also another great book. It's kind of like an encyclopedia of native plants called Native Plants of the Midwest. I find that very helpful, having those full-color pictures. But I think that mostly sums up our primer on native plants. I hope that you've found some of this information helpful and that this movement to incorporate these native Nebraskan wildflowers and grasses has resonated with you. If we work to reduce the sizes of our lawns, if we work to reduce the amount of exotic and unpalatable plants in our landscape, we can definitely help the environment. I know now about 80% of what I am sourcing seed for or growing plants or purchasing plants for my garden is native plant material. I found it very exciting. In the future, I know we're going to be able to get with some experts, um, some local native plant people, and be able to talk about some of these great examples of wildflowers and grasses that we like to use in our garden, um, in our landscapes. So if this topic has interested you, 
definitely stay tuned because we're going to have some exploration of further concepts related to the native plants mindset. We're going to explore some of these specific options for plants that you can use in your suburban or urban gardens or rural properties and really dive into what we can do specifically to make our landscapes super beneficial for pollinators and creating havens in our backyards. Thank you for tuning in to the Plant Native Nebraska podcast. If you need notes on anything mentioned in today's episode, check our website, plant-native-nebraska.captivate.fm. I want you to know you've made this podcast special just by listening in. But if you found real value in today's talk, subscribe to our show on your choice of podcast app to get easy access to future episodes. 